Welcome to week number two of At The Movies. I'm really glad you decided to come to church today because we're in the middle of a very different kind of series and we're doing it based on something that Jesus did. See, when Jesus taught spiritual truths, he used stories that communicated to the audiences in his day. For example, he'd tell a story that centered around farming because in an agricultural society like that, it was essential to their daily lives. Everybody would get what he was talking about. Or he would use a story about a vineyard because everybody understood that word picture. He often used or built a story on water because in an arid climate like that, water was something nobody took for granted. Jesus wasn't afraid to take a normal, ordinary story that on its face had no overt spiritual implications and employ that story as a metaphor to profoundly illustrate spiritual truth. We're following Jesus's lead as we take modern stories that are embedded in the movies that we love to see and find inside of them powerful spiritual truths. Today, we're actually gonna pair some of the direct teachings of Jesus with the true story of a little boy in India.
किधर जाओ अब किधर जाओ बाय जाओ और किधर जाओ तू दूध पिएगा ना This movie is called Lion, and it's based on the true story of Saru Brierly, a young boy who's born into an impoverished family in an impoverished village in India. Saru and his older brother Gadu often jump onto coal-carrying train cars and they'll grab every nugget of coal that they can possibly carry and then they'll sell it for food. Or sometimes they'll get onto train cars after all the passengers get off and they'll crawl underneath all the seats from one seat to another just hoping to find a single coin that fell from somebody's pocket. They'll even scavenge for food on trash heaps. All of these things they do to help their struggling mother and their siblings just survive. They were the poorest of the poor. I've been to places like that. I've been to places where people eat like that, try to anyway. I've seen humanity's most impoverished citizens standing on mountains of what the rest of us have discarded just to get a bite to eat. For Saru and his family, even though they had very little, they cherished the one thing they did have. This was poverty at its harshest, but love at its highest. They had each other, and they knew it, until one fateful day when everything changed. Saru, Saru, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home tomorrow. Don't stop here. Don't stop here. Good do? Good do?
Can you imagine the horror of this? This is not just a movie. It actually happened. Saru was just five years old. And when he woke up on that train, he had been traveling for hours and he had no idea where he was. Screaming, help me, crying out, someone save me. When the train finally stopped, he was almost a thousand miles from his village. He was in Calcutta and in Calcutta, they speak Bengali, not Hindi. So here's this little boy from the poorest family in a city of well over 10 million people. And he doesn't even speak their language. Hungry and lost and afraid, Saru struggles to survive. This is a story that on the surface we watch emotionally from some distance. I mean, it's unlikely that anybody here was accidentally separated from our birth family like that. I tried to remember a time when I was lost as a kid, and there was this one time when I got separated from my mom in a, in a big store like a Walmart. I remember the panicked feeling and talking to the lady with the name tag on and crying as she gave me a lollipop. I remember that they called my mom's name on the store-wide intercom, and I remember the relief I felt when I saw my mom come around the corner. My lost experience as a small child lasted three whole minutes. I had a sucker to comfort me, and I was never in any real danger. And I still vividly remember it because it was terrifying. But it was nothing like what Saru went through. So maybe at a glance, we can't really relate to this story. On the other hand, there's more than one way to be lost. See, when Saru finally gets off that train, he is literally surrounded by an ocean of people. But he's invisible. He's not technically alone. From a certain perspective, he's the opposite of alone. There are others there. Countless bodies are with Saru, but they don't see him. Now that's a lostness you and I can relate to. Many of us know the pain of feeling alone or left out or lost like that. Many of us know the desperate searching, searching for something, something bigger, something more, something meaningful. Searching to find God while others talk about their closeness with him. Many of us can relate to trying to find a solution to a problem, an answer to the question, a purpose for living. And so you cry out. Help me, save me. Perhaps we've all been there at some point in our lives. In that moment, we can relate to the words that King David spoke in Psalm 69 when he said, I'm hoarse from calling for help, bleary-eyed from searching the sky for God. In other words, I'm getting tired of the search. I've been searching for an answer, searching to fill this void in my soul, searching for a way to feel complete. Many of us feel like we're seeking and like Saru, end up farther away from home instead of closer to it. No matter how hard you search, you still can't find what you're looking for. But the Bible is clear about this. When you search for God, and I mean really search for him, when you seek not the God you want, but the God who really is, when you chase after the truth of God, 
like your life depends on it, like you're lost and you can't survive without him, when you search like that, you will find him. The Bible, the Bible makes this crystal clear. In the eighth proverb in, and in Jeremiah 29, God speaks about this very thing. He says, those who search will surely find me. And then if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. This is one of those things that, that I think connects with the movie. Because there's a difference between saying that we're searching for God and actually searching for God. I know that I've lived out that difference in my life. In fact, when I was a young man, I, I wanted the God that would grant all my wishes. I was looking for a God who had the power to serve me. And so I would say spiritual things and I tried to be a good person, but it was all really about me. I wanted to fashion God into my own creation and then be able to summon him anytime I wanted. Of course, I never said that, but it was true. And I often wondered why God and I weren't close, why others spoke of hearing from God, but I never really did, why others were able to navigate life with less challenge and more stability, more confidence. The truth is, I didn't search for God wholeheartedly. I was barely doing it half-heartedly. That's why in 1 Samuel, God calls David a man after God's own heart because David was willing to cry out until he was hoarse. He was willing to search the sky until he was bleary-eyed. He went all in, and when you go all in, you will find God, not the God you create, but the one who actually exists. Saru was on a desperate search, crying out, looking for his family with everything he had, but he was only five years old. And after living on the streets and in near starvation, someone from Calcutta, this orphanage, noticed Saru and Eventually, he was adopted by an amazing couple from Australia. And they gave him a home, and they gave him a family, and they gave him stability. But he never forgot about his mother and his brother and his little sister. The story picks up when Saru is in college, making some new friends. And on the outside, he looks like he's got life all together. But his new friends don't realize that Saru never really gave up on the search that started when he was five years old. I'm not from Calcutta. 
I'm lost. Howrah Station is enormous. You must have been freaking out. I once went through there on a pilgrimage to Puri, and I missed my connection twice. You didn't speak Bengali? I didn't even know it was called that. How long were you on the train? A couple of days. A couple of days? Saru, what was your hometown again? Ganestalai. I must have had it wrong, because it doesn't exist. But there must be something else that you do remember. platform I fell asleep on had this big rain tank and it was only a few stops from Ganestale. Oh, there are thousands of sessions with rain tanks. Look, it was a, a long time ago. Have you heard of this new program, Google Earth? Ah. It's incredible. You can find any place from anywhere. Listen to me. We can find out how fast passenger trains went back then. We take that speed, multiply it by the hours that you were on the train. That's it. We create a search radius. And inside there, you'll find the station with a rain tank. Yeah, but it would take a lifetime to search all the stations in India. Chup, did I say all the stations? Buddhu. Okay, even half the stations. Really, guys, I, I don't want to talk about this. Did your parents try to find you? What? They tried to find him. No, I just mean like, you know, if they tried to find him, maybe they left like a paper trail or something. What paper trail? He didn't know his son. My mom couldn't read or write. What did she do? A laborer. She carried rocks. Your mom? Eh, just... In Saru's real-life search for his family, there are some interesting facts. R remember now, he was just five years old when he fell asleep on that train, so 20-plus years later, the details of the memory were a little blurry. And he realized that his best chance to find his birth family was to find his home train station, one station among 10,000 train stations in India. He knew that he was from a warm place, so he focused his search by eliminating colder regions and then using the average speed of a train and the, the amount of time he thought he was on the train, Saru narrowed his search down to 600 million square miles. That's twice the size of Texas, in case you don't know, but Saru never gave up. Every evening, day after day, week after week, month after month, for over three years, he searched from five o'clock at night till two o'clock in the morning every day. He estimated that he spent 10,000 hours searching for the family he had lost. And there were times I'm sure he was discouraged, but he never gave up. This is how we are told to pursue God. In Isaiah, God says, you grew weary in your search, but you never gave up. Desire gave you renewed strength and you didn't grow weary. You grew weary in your search, but you never gave up. Desire gave you renewed strength and you did not grow weary. I read this scripture several times. Think about it with me again now. You grew weary and then you did not grow weary. Well, which is it? What God is trying to say here is you got a little discouraged, but you persevered. Your passion to discover God gave you a renewed energy, and that gave way to an excitement. If you are searching today, I want to encourage you, keep searching. If you're searching for truth, don't give up. If you're searching for healing, don't stop. If you're searching for meaning, keep on searching. If you're searching for a miracle, keep pursuing it. Why? Why? 
because God sees your desire and he's here today to strengthen you. You may not get everything you specifically are asking for, but you will find God himself. We're promised that. Remember what God says through the prophet Jeremiah, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me.
This entire story is based on Saru, but there is someone else. An equally important person who we see early in the film and then in the last scene, which we're going to look at in just a minute. See, it turns out that Saru isn't the only one who's been searching. For 25 years, Saru's mother never gave up either. Every day, she hoped Saru would come home. Every day, she looked and watched and waited for his arrival. And she believed it would happen. She never lost hope that her son would one day walk through her door again. In arguably Jesus' most potent parable, he paints a picture that is strangely similar to this movie. In this story, Jesus tells of a son who left home and traveled to a faraway land. And in this story too, a parent in Jesus' story, it's the father got up every day and looked for and watched for and waited for his son to come home. He never lost hope that one day his son would walk through his door again. In the story that Jesus tells, which we've come to know as the parable of the prodigal son, the father sees his son coming in the distance and he runs to him and he embraces him. Let's have a feast and celebrate, he says, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And then they throw a huge party. But the parable Jesus tells isn't just a nice story. He makes a stunning declaration. Count on it, he says. That's the kind of party that God's angels throw every time one lost soul turns to God. When you come home, God throws a party. All of heaven shouts for joy because you're not just anybody. You are the son, the daughter that God has been searching for. And all you have to do is come home.
The sun came home, and you can too. There is no one here today who hasn't left home at some point. We looked at the life that God wanted for us, and we took a pass, and then we ran away. But the Father never stopped searching for you, and today you can come home. The community of heaven will celebrate as God says to you, I never stop searching. I never gave up. My son, my daughter was dead, but is alive again, was lost, but now is found.